seeing people from East Coast coming back into WA and appreciating what we've got, kind of made me feel great. And I think, um, oh, that's been the, the, the light at the end of the tunnel. Again, we live in a great country. I, I, I don't look at it as we're our own country ourselves. I just know that we're pretty self-sufficient, but we still need you, still need the rest of the country to be able to evolve. That's what it's all about. It's about, it's about Australia, not about WA. This is the Deep in the Weeds podcast. I'm Anthony Huckstep. Western Australia has had its borders closed to the eastern states for months. With cases down and society relatively back to normal, what is life like in WA? And what will the landscape look like moving forward as people begin to travel again? Peter Manifus is the food director of Kayla's Fish Market Cafe. Peter, how are you? Good, Anthony. Long time no speak, you know. Uh I know, mate. It's been quite a long time since I last saw you, and I think the last time I saw you, you served the biggest prawns I'd ever seen in my life. Guy, they, they do call me the big prawn, you know, so, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, mate, you, um, you and your family for, with generations have been very influential with seafood over in WA. Um, what, what's things like over there at the moment? Mate, it's humming. Um, you know, I, I have to say... Um, uh, WA is vibrant. Um, restaurants that are the good ones are uh, are pushing through. Um, you know, doing good numbers. The the ones that have lost their way, I've obviously over COVID, are the ones that you know I suppose haven't um, really uh, been you know I suppose hitting their mark. You know, previously. So so it's almost like it's cleared out the um, the backwash, so to speak. And and um, and the, the the restaurants that are. That are that are humming are the ones that have been doing the right thing, you know, and um, and serving good food and and you know, um, uh, I suppose their marketing and everything's been sort of falling in place. It's been it's been a great thing. Western Australia has always sort of jokingly wanted to be its own country or state, but it's, at the moment it's kind of like that. What's what's it feel like being? shut off from the rest of Australia. Yeah, look, I mean, a little disappointing, um, you know, for the travel. I mean, you know, as West Aussies do love to travel abroad and, and East Coast, we need to, you know, it's part of, um, you know, part of our whole self-being and who we are. But I must admit, you know, we do have a wonderful state um, to be able to explore and it is big enough and we do look after ourselves, you know, in, in the sense of our, our food bowls start up in, you know, Kananara and the Ord River, which I just got back from on the weekend, would you believe it? Um, and... And, and then flow through to, you know, Carnarvon um, and then and then down to, you know, the Midwest, which is Geraldton, into Perth. So our seasonal produce starts really early um, and then finishes really late because then we get to Albany and, and everything still flows. So so things like, um, I just heard of just, just randomly, um, you know, the table grape industry, you know, we, we've been getting done in the sense of, um, uh, you know, table grapes uh, from the US and, and our price of table grapes have been down for the new season stuff that comes in, obviously, because of all the US stuff. Uh, what's happening now is is that uh, there's, a, there's a guy up in Broome and within the next two years, we're going to have table grapes almost all year round. Um, and, you know, so that's going to take out that US stuff, which is going to be amazing for our farmers and, and it's going to keep our... Um, keep our, uh, our, not just our state, but our country fed, you know, and um, with, with, with West Australian produce, which is an amazing, amazing feat. And that's happening all the way around with a lot of produce because of the fact that, you know, obviously it starts warmer, a bit cooler up in Katanara and then flows its way down to Albany. Um, so, yeah, it's really, really, really cool. But, you know, in saying that, to answer your question, um, we do miss you. Um, there's no doubt about that. I know I do. Uh, 
<laughs> uh, uh, but just um, it's been a really interesting, I suppose, exercise for us to sort of understand and 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 see um, and and appreciate what we actually have over here. You know, I think um, that's that's been the biggest one. It's just that that appreciation of. Uh, I'm just trying not to be next to any any boxes, any loud things. Um, you know, just just being able to uh, appreciate. You know, like Kununara this weekend, um, I was up there doing a function for 118 people um, on the Ord River. Most amazing, amazing, amazing uh, uh, space. Like to be to be honest, better than Broome. Um, you know, everyone goes to Broome and talks about Broome, how amazing it is. Kununara. You know, can I swear? Shits all over it, um, uh, and uh, and the produce and the produce is absolutely amazing, and and the people and the and the the picturesque um, environment that you fly into is all hilles hills, and you know we went barra fishing uh, uh, on a helicopter, you know, like uh, saw Aboriginal paintings of yeah, like amazing, like the most amazing time, and um, and I suppose. I I done most of our state, but I hadn't got to Kununurra until this week, last weekend, just gone. And you just go, wow! Like, how diverse is this state? How amazing um, have we actually got it? You know, um, uh, and and the appreciation sets in even more. Um, you know, on why Australia number one is one of the most amazing countries of the world, but number two, why I live in why I live in WA. You know, I think it's um, we're pretty lucky. You know. Well, most of Australia can't cook for a group that large at the moment. What was it like cooking for that many people? Yeah, look, um, look, I had myself and I took my partner up with me, and um, he's a hairdresser, so that was a bit strange. But uh, I had a I had a sous chef up there with me that I one of the local boys that come and give me a bit of a hand. Um, it was good, you know. Um, look, at, to be honest, it's been a while since I've done that sort of numbers as well, so um, I was probably a bit rusty. Um, all my seafood was amazing. All my seafood was amazing. The beef, yeah, you know, I was I was a bit disappointed. It could have been a bit more moist, but you know, uh, you get that. You, you're cooking in someone's kitchen, you know, for that many people. It's not easy to be able to pull it off, I suppose, at the best of times, let alone uh, when you haven't been doing it for a while. You know, but in saying that, Anthony, this weekend um, we've got six chefs um, doing uh, a course each um, for the Fremantle Long Table Dinner or Supper, um, and that's that booked out at six fifty. So we've got we've got six fifty down the main wow. strip. So we're we're back to. Back, basically back to back to normal with with our lifestyle and the way that that the 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 board, the board has been cut out and, and how uh, the premier did was a bit of a hard nut which I was a little apprehensive about at the start um, but I suppose I suppose um, only for the tourism more than anything because you know not only even at Kalis you know we lost um, the international tourism we also lost obviously the national tourism as well so you so you are you are a little bit apprehensive about it but I suppose you know that's given Again, WA, uh, uh, West, West Aussies, you know, more money to be able to now come out and um, come out and sorry, there's a helicopter going past. Um, come out and um, uh, and spend their money locally. Um, and I suppose still, there's there's not enough in the state to support us. So now I think that's why it's a good thing that that the, the borders have been opened, the restrictions have been opened a little bit. But we are doing you know long table lunches or long table dinners for six fifty um, you know this weekend. So it shows you that that perseverance has paid off for our premier. You know. Um, well, that's uh, inspiring to hear for so many in a, in Australia that 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 can be obtained in the not too distant future. Yeah, and, and I think I think with um you know the social distancing, I think that'll obviously you know it, 
be implemented again a little bit for us, you know, now that the borders are open. We, obviously, a bit of common sense. What happens if there is an outbreak over here? I don't know because we're not prepared for it. You know, like a, it might it might be a little bit like what happened in, in Adelaide where you're not you're a bit laxed. You know, there could be that that goes on. Um, but in saying that, you know, we've got to look at the new normal with living with this virus anyway until the, until the time comes that that um, uh, and I you know I say that with all respect to anybody that's lost anybody within you know the vicinity of, of this particular uh, you know virus and you know pandemic. I think um, I think ultimately, you know, we we have to look at the new normal, um, and we have to look at how um, our, what our response times is, and and you know, I suppose a lot of restaurants over here have put in, um, I suppose the you know the, the scan, you know, when you walk in, you the scanning, um, which I suppose helps um, with with you know contact tracing later on if if something does happen again. But we haven't been hit with it yet, so we're we're, we're blessed and been, we've been pretty lucky, you know. So. Kayla's Fish Market Cafe is a, an extraordinary offering. Can you tell us what your role is there and a bit about the venue? Sure. Yeah. Look, we we um, George Kayla's, um, who's a good mate of mine. Um, he, I, I've I've consulted pretty much down here for the last twenty odd years. You know, um, where I've done their mussel marinara sauces and and worked on a few little projects that he has, and, and generally overseen. Um, you know, food standards. You know, come down once every six to months to a year to check it, check it out. You know, just to make sure things are running right. Um, before the pandemic, last time, George, uh, who also now owns, you know, the Shaw House and Island Market um, and Canteen, um, so you know, obviously becoming quite a big player within the industry um, uh, himself, knew that it was time to uh, change the offering down at, at Kayla's Fish Market Fremantle, and I think. Um, uh, saw the foresight in 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 a in a bit of a revamp um, and a and offering a little bit more I suppose class and service to you know the general fish and chip offering um, and that's when I've come in full time I suppose you know uh, full time for me is only twenty five hours a week though Anthony you know I don't work too much you know so. <laughs> uh, uh, but in saying that in saying that you know things are about to change but so my contract here has been to basically. Um, revamp the menu, um, come up uh, and, and I suppose uh, execute any of George's um, uh, plans that he's had um, to to with to do with food, and we've basically you know gone from pouring um, the chowder from uh, a Muir's bisque and a Campbell's leek and potato soup. Um, into now making all our stocks fresh, all our bisque fresh to make the chowder for the offering. Just to show you, we're doing scallop fritters and, uh, you know, uh, there was nowhere in, in the fishing boat, fishing boat harbour that you could um, get freshly opened oysters. Um, obviously, everything came in uh, already opened and, and frozen a lot of the time. Well, now now you can go down to Fish Market Free Metal and you can get, um, you know, uh, uh, freshly opened oysters. Uh, you can have a selection of any of, you know, three raw fish for the day, um, not to mention, you know, um, all the fried offerings and grilled offerings now not only going from uh, a couple of imported products to, you know, a, a list of five or six per day of, of local species, you know, um, which has been, yeah, it's been, it's been a great, great change for them. And I, I mean, as you know, there's, there's not as much money in, in local fish as what there is in, is imported fish, you know, so, um, you know, they're, they're obviously, uh, uh, you know, with, with, you know, costs of, of production and um, uh, and everything and staff being from overseas, 
um, you know, being a lot cheaper. I think it, it, it's always been very lucrative to, to go down the, the, the Bassa and the, the Hake offerings, um, you know, from, from, from overseas. Um, well, now they've, he's, he's bit the bullet and said, well, you know what, I'm not going to make as much money, but it's all about doing the right thing uh, for the fishing industry and for the, for the industry itself, you know. So, um, and it's been, and it's paid off, I think, uh, uh, in tenfold, you know, now they take bookings. You know, they've been here for 70 odd years. They've never, they've never, they don't take bookings. You know, so so now now there's an offering online for online bookings, which you know gives you different platters, um, which uh, uh, again they've always done a fried platter or a grilled platter. It's never been a crossover. Part of my job has been to train the staff to get um, this dual offering of a bit of grilled, a bit of fresh, a bit of fried, all on one platter to be able to come out at the same time. And um, and it hasn't been without that drama. You know, uh, you know the, a lot of these guys have been here for a long time. You know, uh, there's one boy in the fish market or boy young man same same age as me um that's been here for 25 years 25 years you know you know don't ask me how they do it but um uh it's a it's a i, I get a little bit bored just coming down here for two or three hours a day sometimes you know let alone um to be to be coming into the to the same job for 25 years it's, it's hats off to them they've, they've definitely created a culture around around what they do you know um so you know it's a bit exciting you grew up in the seafood industry. Can you can you tell us about your time as a kid and, and what that was like? Look, you know, um, going out in the prawn trawler with my brothers as skippers, um, copping one in the head every now and then because I was always a bit cheeky. Um, uh, but I do remember <laughs> – and I'm happy to tell them that too, but now I give them one back, you know, it's okay. Um, uh, but but in, in, in saying that, um, you know, cooking, um, being on board a boat that, that catches its own prawn – um, and sorts through their own prawn on, on, on the ocean and then cooks in ocean water, um, you know, you get an understanding on, of seafood like I suppose not many chefs have had. And I, and I suppose that, that gives me a, um, a little bit of an up when it comes to when I walk into a restaurant. Um, it gives me a little bit of an up because I understand the handling, I understand, understand the, the product and, and it gives me, I suppose, knowledge, you know, and, and now as I'm getting older, I'm realising that knowledge is power um, and I'm not thinking, I don't think I'm any better than anybody else. I just know what I know and I put and implement that and I try to also try to teach that around as well, you know, I think, uh, the, I think a lot of the seafood, um, it all comes down to handling and because and, we can all cook it the same. So, um, you know, we all know when a piece of fish is just cooked. We all know when a prawn's just cooked. We, we, and what we do with it is always going to be a little bit different compared to the other. But I think, I think what really needs to come in our industry into, the, the, into chefing and hospitality is the handling of that seafood. You know, how, uh, you know, how frozen is frozen, you know, when we start talking about minus 40 degrees for tuna, you know, um, uh, you know, if you know what I mean. And, and then what happens to that when it goes into our freezer, whether it's a chest freezer or a, or a, or a blast chiller, you know, or a blast freezer. So, you know, just the, the little things now are what, for me, what, uh, what matters and, and trying to keep that seafood uh, at its premium for as long as you can, whether you, you know, peel a prawn and you peel it into a nice slurry, is that good or bad? How, how, uh, what are we doing to that prawn uh, by throwing into the ice slurry? Uh, does it give it more shelf life? Does it make it a better prawn? Or does it wash the flavour away? You know, um, there's there's all these things that the seafood industry shies away from from actually passing on the relevant information to make. We, as a restaurant, we need the seafood to last as long as it can because if we're not busy, um, 
you know, what do you do? You've got an extra day of new prawns and they start going mushy. You're going to throw them away anyway. Um, you know, uh, what, what products need to be defrosted to order? You know, is our Western rock lobster great? Uh, does it need to come out of a live tank or, or does it need to be, uh, you know, frozen and we defrost it as we need it? Um, you know, I think um, there's still a lot of questions. Grey areas that the seafood industry doesn't like to pass on because, because they don't like to be too responsible for the product after it leaves their, their, um, their, uh, their hands, you know. And, and without having a go at them, They've got a tough enough job to make money as it is. So, so um, uh, it's about now our industry standing up and going, right, what's best practice for this stuff? How are we going to, you know, put some, 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 some product out there that's going to be amazing? And what's the information we're going to give our chefs at, at a training level? You know, like right down to the TAFE um, situation, all the colleges. Are we teaching the right methodology with, with the way we're handling our seafood? And, and I suppose, you know, that, that comes down to government funding and all sorts of carry on all that. I just try to do the best I can with, with the people I've got around me and my friends, you know. Um, that's all you can really, really pass on. Well, there's some extraordinary seafood in Western Australian waters. What's so great about the, the waters there? And what's some of the, your favourite species that come out of the sea? I think tropical, um, that, I mean, that you remember, again, um, like the, the, the fresh produce when I was talking about the grapes and, um, and you know, our, our season starting with, with land produce from, you know, from Kununurra down to Albany. So we've got this mix of amazing, amazing uh, produce that, or seafood that comes in the warmer water. So you, you start up with, we get, we get wild-caught cobia, you know. Um, now, you know, the... Uh, Wild cobia is, is a product that, that goes onto our market floor, usually gets sent over to Sydney, to be honest, um, because our, our chefs wouldn't really know the fish. I mean, I've done my best, uh, and a lot of them know how, when, when they can pick up a bargain. You know, the, the, on the market floor, it sells for about four fifty a kilo, you know, um, and that's whole. So, so if you think about it, so you can get a fish, a three and a half kilo fish for $18, which will do... I don't know, bloody 20 serves, almost 30 serves of, of raw fish if you, if you handle it well and you can sell it within the time. Now, for $18, now that's great profit margin, you know. Um, so, Kobe is one, and then you go down to the Albany in the south and we get uh, the Gropers and we get Nanagai. Uh, we get all the fish that you guys get over in Sydney. Um, you know, uh, a little bit of... Um, uh, what's the other ones? Oh, you know, uh, uh, we have our Albany oysters. So we've got rock oysters down there as well. Um, Blue swimmer crab runs from uh, Shark Bay, the industry goes, and it goes down to Albany. You can get blue swimmers, blue swimmers from, from um, you know, the Albany region. So all great products. Some of the best products that we have um, would have to be, the, for me, the X-Mouth Prawn. Um, uh, the, Shark Bay, the, Shark Bay, the Shark Bay guys will be killing me for this, but the X-Mouth Prawn is one of the... And look, we've got great prawns. They're both, they're both amazing prawns, but the X-Mouth Prawn has... Has a, a maybe because I'm a bit biased because I grew up in Onslow and that's that's the same prawn has a pigment to it that that um, is a little darker so our kings are a bit darker the tigers are a bit darker but the flavour that comes out of that out of that region is is different to what the shark bay uh, prawn is you know um, uh, and and I find that's probably one of our premium products um, not MSC certified like the shark bay prawn um, but they catch an abundance of it. Uh, and, you know, and, and, and it's a self-managed um, uh, 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 prawning industry within the MG Kalis group, which isn't the same group that I work for, um, and a few smaller fishermen. But that, that product itself, 
Rottnest Island Scallops. They've been, they've just come off the. Um, uh, I think the, I think the season's just finished. I don't know if you saw any of them over your way, but but a magnificent scallop. No row on them. They are a they are a saucer scallops, so um, they're 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 plate size. Um, the, uh, look, we cleaned some 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 scallops up this year that were that were some of the best scallops I've seen in my life. You know, um, you know, like a just a, just a beautiful. You know, you can eat them raw. You can you can fry them. You can grill them. You can do whatever you like with them. Um, you know, just one of the most amazing products. Um, what else? Um, you know, flathead. Would you believe it? We have three varieties of flathead just here in WA itself. Um, the the rock flathead being my favourite. Um, had a piece deep fried yesterday with a bit of uh, my mate's uh, um, green jalapeno bloody hot sauce from Bread and Common from Scott. Um, I literally I, I cooked two pieces up. I dropped one off to him. He gave me a bottle of hot sauce. That was the that was the trade off. He messaged me back and goes, "Wow, that that fish was fucking amazing." Excuse my language, right? So, but he goes, he, and they're the words that come out of his mouth. That fish was amazing, you know, uh, with the f word in there. But but just you just you don't you don't realise how good even just some of the normal things that we have are and unless you get to try them all the time you know i think um i think that's some of the things look and farm products um the scampi the scampi um uh out of shark bay the deep sea scampi um again amazing product only needs to be defrosted just before you use it preferably in a in a in a hot pizza oven just quickly you know zapped with a bit of garlic butter like you can't go wrong it's one of the, the most amazing products the cone bay the cone bay barra yes we all know it can be a little bit mushy you know um uh, but you know it's its flavor is amazing it's um you know these guys don't no one pays me to, to talk about this stuff too but, <laughs> but uh, you know we, we do know we we do know that it's a it's a clean product. It isn't. It is farmed in the ocean. Um, it's done up there in the Kimberley. There's, there's good tides that that wash away all the muck into the into uh, you know the food ecosystem up there, um, and, and it doesn't sit at the bottom like some other you know I suppose um, fisheries around the country, um, and which which they're all changing and learning about now. I think after after many years of the way that they've been doing it, you know. Um, so you look, it's um, we're blessed and lucky, I suppose, with lots of great products. You've been a chef for, for quite a while. What's been some of the big influences during your career? Um, my, my training is, was probably my biggest, obviously. Uh, training with Elaine Fabergé from the Loose Box um, gave me uh, an insight into French cuisine in Australia, which meant that I didn't need to travel and go work with some of the best overseas because I managed to work with the best here. Um, I think he's been one of my biggest influences. Um uh, my dad, you know, is he like he's gone now, but he um, uh, he definitely showed me how to handle that seafood like no other because he was he was special the way that he handled his seafood. I think I think he's been one of my biggest influences. Um, they, they all think that I sleep with him, but I don't. But Don Hansey um, is a um, is a is an amazing guy, amazing guy, and um, uh, and and just a real I suppose promoter of WA um, in a way that. Um, you know, nobody. Um, I suppose they, he he tells himself he's he's good, and that's what makes him good. I suppose, but but he he actually does. He 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 actually every time I speak to him on the phone, it's generally once every couple of weeks. He's done another function promoting WA food, or he's been in Collie setting up a a, a, a TAFE, or he he's just he he's endless in his way of and that's and that's I suppose rubbed off on me um, in his way of promotion of anything WA. You know. Um, I think uh, being a big influence on me, and I, 
I'd have to say, um, uh, you know, they're, they're the main ones. There's lots of other little ones around that have, that have been things where I, I think definitely they're my, my, my main sort of three influences throughout my life of, um, of uh, and then you know what, I've got to throw these in. The younger guys now, you know, people like, and not again, they're not that younger, but remember, Anthony, I've been cooking for 30 odd years. So um, uh, I'm, I'm coming up 30, I'm only 40, I'm only 43, I think, this year. I started when I was 13, 14 at the Loose Box, um, just finished school, my birthday's at the end of the year. So I've seen three generations of chefs now coming through. And, and um, you know, so, so I've, I've worked with the people like, you know, uh, Elaine and and then you've seen the next, my generation come through. But then now you start seeing the younger ones come through and they definitely uh, push me. People like Scott Brannigan, Kenny Hardy, um, you know, Bib and Tucker, Scott uh, Bridger. There's that many Scots over here. You've got to know which Scott you call them when you ring them. Um, but, 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 they're, but they're all uh, all been great influences on me in a sense of um, um, just, I suppose, keeping me honest and keeping me real and, and, and also teaching me, you know, like uh, a lot of them are doing the fermenting thing at the moment, which I think, oh, God, you know, I'll just go buy a jar of bloody pickles or I'll go, you know, it's just easier. But, but uh, And it is easier, it is easier, but, but they keep me on the pulse, you know, I suppose, with understanding how, how the process works and what goes on. Uh, there, was one, there was one thing that did stick out to me. Yeah, sorry, mate. Sorry, George is leaving. So, uh, um, I can move. You're right. You're, uh, sorry. Um, there was one thing that definitely, de definitely. Sorry about that. That definitely changed. Um, I suppose my perspective on and my belief in myself was about four years ago. Um, we I did the first, the initial function for the um, for the uh, gourmet escape, um, and it was for Wafik, uh, so the West Australian Fishing Industry Council. And um, I had them all there. I had all the MasterChef guys. See you, mate. See you. Um, all the MasterChef guys. I had all the – I had Rick Stein there. We had uh, Marco Pierre-White. And I suppose at the end of the meal, um, the, the stand-up function that we did, he came and put his arm around me, Marco, and, and just said, amazing food, chef. That was enough to, you know, make me wet myself already just like that. Um, and, you know, he – Look, he he hadn't he wasn't drunk he 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 wasn't high he was he was he was Marco and uh, and uh, and he and it made me feel pretty special I must admit it did it definitely made me believe even more in what I do and my understanding for the seafood when you've got someone like that with with amazing knowledge and power that uh, uh, we weren't allowed to take any photos obviously the Gourmet Escape crew made sure of that um, uh, but you know it was uh, but it's indented in my in my. Um, in my in my brain is one of the, one of my highlights of my career, you know. So um, yeah, it was good. Over your career, you've always been one to consider the mental health of staff and the well-being of everyone. And part of your role uh, with Kalis uh, Fish Market is is about the well-being. What's what's it been like this year with sort of challenging times? Um, look, I, I think um, we we started up a. a, a like an are you okay industry number you know with um, um a group of us got together at the start of last year um and raised some money to to put into i suppose a few more workshops for chefs to be able to not only acknowledge and learn about looking whether what the, the looking for the troubled times where staff are or where their heads heads are at because it never bothered me back in my younger day. You just thought to yourself, well, you know, toughen up, princess. You know, we're in hospitality. Um, but but I suppose nowadays 
that with the generations coming through, you need to be able to tell the, the, the signs of, of someone that's losing it because we know we, we, all, we all turn to, um, you know, explicit alcohol use, smoking, um, drugs, you know, I've been to rehab, don't get me wrong, you know, it's, it's been a, uh, was part of my learning curve, you know, um, uh, but it, it, it's, I suppose now looking within um, the industry, uh, just making sure that you, you do see those signs, and I think this year's been a little tougher, I suppose, on the younger ones, but the government's done a great job in, in um, and look, again, you know, I'm not pro or any particular government. I just think this government's done a, a great job, and I'm talking uh, national, on, on keeping money in our pockets, keeping the economy ticking over just slightly, um, and and you know, uh, and I think that's been been a lot better for the well-being of people because they haven't had the stress. Imagine living in bloody France and even America, um, where you've had to, where you, you've got no, there's no government support for money. Like I mean, like we've been. I mean, for those of those for those of those that have been fortunate to receive funding, I've never taken anything from the government in my life. All right, okay, I've I've paid my tax. There was weeks that I was earning, I was paying seven hundred fifty dollars a week in tax. You know, um, uh, whereas the government is like this last six months, eight months has made it a lot easier. So I think I think we haven't seen uh, as bad as what we think. Or maybe Sydney, uh, maybe Melbourne, and and you guys, you know, with a bit more extensive lockdowns, might have seen it a lot more, but I think in WA we've been pretty lucky to, to get through. We all looked at it as a bit of a holiday, you know. Um, you know like I, I done my floors in my house, you know, and, and, and I mean, again, it's, I mean, I know that sounds really disrespectful to people that might have lost somebody through this pandemic, um, but, but ultimately we had three months off, you know. We, we, we all suck it, suck, suck, suck it, sucked it up for three months and we stayed in our homes and we went out um, only for the essentials, um, coffee shops, everything was closed. We sucked it up for that three months, and it and it and it and it, it changed everything. I think, and I think um, again, it goes back to smart governing and 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 um, and people that listen to the rules. You know, I suppose more so than 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 others. You know, I think because uh, WA we like to follow the rules. You know, <laughs> and, and I know over there in WA you um, you do like to consider yourself your own country. But it was nice to hear you say that you miss us over here. Well, How's it going to feel when you start getting um, tourists back in town, filling up the restaurants and visiting um, WA? Oh, look, it's going to be amazing. It's just going to – it'll just cap it off. It'll ca hopefully cap it off to an extraordinary, extraordinarily um, tough year for the country and for the world. Um, and I think, um, you know, seeing people uh, from East Coast coming back into WA and appreciating, appreciating what we've got is going to make me feel great. And I think um, – I think uh, I think that's been I suppose or that's been the the, the light at the end of the tunnel. Um, you know, is is that the you know to know that now now we've just opened our borders for Christmas. People are going to be able to see their loved ones because um, you know I've I've got a, a a dear friend of mine from Sydney um, who's you know turning fifty into this uh, started next month and has has hasn't been able to come home and now. Um, you know, can come home for Christmas and see his family, um, and you know, I think uh, and to be able to spend money in our state even better. You know, even though he's a WA that lives over in Sydney now, so <laughs> I think it's a, I think that's a, that's a bit of a bonus. So no, look, we, again, we live in a great country. Like we, I, I, I don't look at it as we're our own country ourselves. I just know that we're pretty self-sufficient, um, 
and we and you know but we still need you still need the rest of the country to be able to evolve that's what it's all about it's about it's about australia not about wa definitely well pete as a as a kid that grew up on a prawn trawler and became one of our best seafood cooks um i can't let you go without you telling us how the the best way to cook a prawn is look to me um less is more um if you're going to have it boiled, well, Anthony, let's go back to this, right? Um, if you're going to boil your prawns, you want your prawns, your, your, your prawns boiled for Christmas, buy them already cooked from your fishmonger. You know what I mean? Because they've generally cooked them on board or done the right thing by them. You hope to think anyway. If your fishmonger's good, they're, they're not trying to cook frozen prawns. So they're not defrosting a raw prawn and they're not throwing them into boiling water and cooking them for you. Buy prawns that are already cooked on board, like the MG Kalis brand, you know, the Exmouth Fresh brand, but they're cooked on, on board and you defrost them and just eat them like that in a salad. We tell you, you can't go past that. But if you're going to buy raw prawns, um, again, we got, I'm going to go back to handling. Um, defrost your raw prawns. At, at, so you cook prawns, leave them on the bench, let them defrost naturally, all right, or in the fridge, let them defrost naturally. Don't run them under, under, under any cold water. That's for a cooked prawn. For a raw prawn, a couple of minutes under, so now we're talking green or raw, just a couple of minutes under um, under under some running water, split them open if they're big enough. You know, prawns over here are big. You know that. I remember you told me that at the start. So so, so not like those shitty Queensland ones, you know what I mean? Like the, the bananas. These are these are real prawns, okay? You know, so, <laughs> so split, split them open, bit of garlic butter or just olive oil, you know, um, and under a hot grill, you know, and then just peel that that meat out of the out of the shell. Um, amazing for me. You can't go wrong with something like that, and just leave them a little bit opaque. Remember, if they're being frozen at sea, they're as fresh as what you're going to get if you if you got them fresh themselves. You know, so you know, and buy and buy your prawn frozen, so in that way you can do, you can you can actually show people you can actually defrost them when you need them. So rather than being rather than them being sitting out for three days, you go to the fishmonger, you buy it. They're already heads are falling off and they're starting to go a bit black. Just buy your prawns frozen already. Number one, if we all bought our prawns frozen, we're going to have less wastage, which is a, which is which is what we're wanting. Um, makes everything uh, uh, more uh, friend, uh, economically friendly and and environmentally friendly. So buy your prawns already frozen and do what you need to do with them and buy them how you need them. Um, does that make sense? You know. Mate, you're a bloody legend. You just um, saved everyone's <laughs> Christmas, I think. <laughs> yeah, well, that's right. Look, again, it's just about smart fishing and smart smart um, buying. And that way, you know, remember your, your prawns aren't going to sit in a freezer, in your freezer for too long without something to deteriorate because our freezers at home generally are only going to go to, look, minus 15. Um, so, you know, the colder they are, the longer, the better. Um, and then defrosting them as we need them and, and the right way, you know. So... Um, yeah, that's that's it. A lot of knowledge coming out of this little fella these days, isn't it, mate? You know, a lot of knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> mate, you're a bloody legend. It's good to catch up again. Um, we've loved having you on Deep in the Weeds, mate. Keep in touch and we'll talk again soon. Thanks so much. Yeah, and everyone have a Merry Christmas and a safe New Year as well, all right? You know? This is the Deep in the Weeds podcast. I'm Anthony Huckstep. Stay tuned as we share the stories of Australia's HOSPO community, suppliers and producers in search of hope during this pandemic. Special thanks to executive producer Rob Locke for making this all happen. Follow us on Instagram at Deep in the Weeds Podcast or email us at podcast at deepintheweeds.com.au.
stay safe and be well.